With your connection to local agriculture, I'm Joanna Guza. I got the opportunity to talk with Josh Krause. He's a plant manager and master cheesemaker at Belgioso Cheese. And I asked him to kick off our conversation sharing more about Belgioso Cheese and his role. Belgioso is an Italian cheesemaking company located based out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, we make over 26 different cheeses. We've been doing it since 1979. Rico came over and started in 1979. So uh, we produce a lot of milk in the area and uh, have plants throughout northeastern Wisconsin. And what's your role specifically? What plant are you at and what are you in charge of? My role uh, encompasses a lot of things. I am the plant manager of the Chase 1, Chase 2, and Pulaski plants, and I also um, work with the other cheesemakers at the different plants as far as cheese quality goes, working with the milk, working with the cream, and um, overall so that the product going out the door is consistent and our customers are getting quality products. Can you walk me through the day in life of Josh at Belgioso? What does your day normally look like? First thing I do when I get in is I, I talk with the assistant plant managers at the plants, make sure uh, everything's going well. We uh, look at the starter cultures under the microscope, make sure our starter's going good, check the milk, check our levels on our cream tanks, our milk, and then go out on the floor, make sure all our equipment's in good working condition, make sure the cheese is being produced that day is at the same quality that we expect, and then uh, talk to the employees, catch up with them, and make sure everything's going good, see if they, they're seeing anything on their end. And uh, by the end of the day, go home proud that knowing what we made that day is a good quality product and their customers will be happy. So one thing I noticed you saying is checking out the quality, making sure that everything's okay. What is good quality milk? Well, good quality milk is uh, high in fat, high in protein, low in somatic cell count, low in plate count. And uh, what gives Belgioso an advantage is that we still pay our premiums to our farmers so that, you know, it gives them an incentive to send us good quality milk. And then when you start with a good high quality milk, you can end with a good high quality cheese. But if you're starting with a lower quality milk, you're not going to be able to end up on with a high quality cheese. And, and that's a huge factor to all our patrons out there that do a good job. Not only what they're doing is affecting our product, you have to work together with them to produce a quality product. So that's that's something that we, we really appreciate our patrons and um, can't say enough about them. So Josh, you said bad somatic cell. So if a farm does have a high somatic cell, how is that making your job difficult? Well, higher somatic cell can cause defects in the cheese. So it can cause cracking, it can cause bacteria and things like that. So you want to make sure your cows are healthy and your somatic cell counts low. And then the starter cultures we're going to add later on down the road uh, can be affected by that somatic cell count. So we want to make sure that that count is low. We want to make sure our plate counts low. We want our starter to be the, the main bacteria in that milk and we don't want any pathogenic or any other bad bacteria to be in that. That milk so what we want to do is start with clean fresh milk and then you know and also we like our milk we like to use our milk within 24 hours that's a that's a big key there too is using it fresh so that that milk doesn't have time to the bacteria doesn't have time to multiply and grow and start to spoil on us now i mean even know from my family farm perspective that they're picked up every single day so yeah. we're talking fresh of the fresh right we i meant there's times where we're running milk after it's been at the plant for an hour and you know a lot of people like to let it sit but our philosophy is the, the quicker you can turn that fresh quality milk into curds the better off you're going to be in the long run so 
So from my little experience of cheese making, I know that temperature, the, the temperature of the milk when it's coming in is very important. If you could speak to that, and is there any other qualities besides temperature and somatic cell that you're looking for? Temperature is huge. You know, uh, legally under, in the state of Wisconsin, it's got to be under 45. Uh, Belgium also requires it to be under 42. Because as that temperature, that milk increases, you're susceptible for that bacteria that could be hanging out that you picked up along during the milking that start multiplying. So if you keep that milk cold, so that bacteria is not going to multiply as much and then you know plate count overall plate count coming in you know if they're clean at the farm the milk's going to be clean and then they're going to get an incentive of getting paid a little bit more for it and we're going to get an incentive of starting with a, a fresh quality product what did you bring here to the u.s cheese competition oh we entered multiple cheeses we entered asiago fresco from chase um, one we entered parmesan we entered the burrata from freedom uh the sharp provolone from our byron plant um many different cheeses all the categories haven't been judged yet but we did receive some first some seconds and some third so we're pretty happy so far um hopefully to get a couple more but um i always try to do the best we can you know and and uh another thing that we do at belgioso is we just take a random we don't make special vats for these competitions what we'll do is we'll take a, a nice looking wheel a nice working looking mozzarella ball send it in because we want it to be judged on what our customers are actually going to receive at the grocery store what our consumers are going to get when they get home rather than make something special for these we just grab one of our off our line and send it in so so how do you celebrate and how does your team celebrate when you get some of those first place or top prize finishes i don't know if it's a celebration it's a it's a satisfaction of knowing that you know we're doing a good job you know obviously there's sales there's um awards and stuff like that but you know if you gave it 100 percent, 100 percent effort and you gave put everything you had into it that at the end of the day you can go home and sleep well at night knowing that you know you did the best you could and, and i that's the philosophy you have a passion for it Arico, our owner has instilled that in all of us and we just like to be passionate about what we make and we, you know i love going to the grocery store and seeing people pick up a piece of belgioso cheese and you know it just it's a good rewarding feeling in your stomach so right. make, makes it worth worth your while so right and i know with my family farm shipping to belgioso my parents were just in Florida and my dad said at the coffee shop he was seeing Belgioso yeah. there and that's got to make you guys feel good too that even just our local product is distributed across the United States. It's United States and across the world I meant we're in different countries things like that um, it's grown and, and you know it all comes down to the quality quality is number one at Belgioso always has been always will be and the cheesemakers that taught me have instilled that in me and I continue to try to teach that along with the other cheesemakers and if we don't have quality, we don't have anything. So. Right. And I don't know if I missed this in the beginning. What is your specialty with cheese making? What do you focus on? Uh, my specialty, I'm a master cheesemaker in Parmesan and Romano, but um, jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> you might want to say um, <laughs> I'm I've, I've fourth generation cheesemaker. My, gran my grandfather owned a cheddar plant. My dad owns a feta plant. Just I like all cheeses. That's my passion and, and just producing and consuming and um <laughs> doing whatever i can in the cheese business it's uh kind of runs in my blood so it's it's something that i'm really passionate about and i hope to, that maybe someday one of my sons follows in my footsteps so yeah that's really cool and so how do you continue to learn more about those two different types of cheeses that you mentioned you said the parmesan and the asiago and you're in the perfect place working for belgioso making those products how do you learn more about that or how do you improve your skills and i don't know how many secrets you can share with us well <laughs> A lot of times we'll get information not only through our vendors but also through the CDR program down at uh, the, the University of Madison. Continue to take classes, continued with the, the information they send out and just work with the other cheesemakers. I'm in the process of learning some of our other cheeses now, um, trying to 
become more educated on those and then learning from the other cheesemakers. The cheeses have similarities as much as they have differences, but a lot of the things that might work for Parmesan would work for Asiago and Fontina, uh, you know, uh, so you just kind of use your background knowledge and try to continue to learn, educate, you know, the different instruments coming out, different technologies, visiting different cheese shows and things like that, just picking up anything you can to stay up with uh, the times. So so 23 years of cheese making experience, the fourth generation. What have you learned through that time? What are some big lessons learned? It's a lifestyle. It's definitely not a job. You have to commit to it full time, number one. Number two, if you start with fresh quality milk, you can end with fresh quality cheese. I'm going to say that till I'm um, blue in the face, but you got to start high to end high. And uh, it's all about putting, being passionate about what you do, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a, a football player, whether you're a cheesemaker. As long as you're passionate about it, you're going to succeed. And, you know, that, that not willing to sacrifice quality or anything like that, safety, you just you need to be give it your all and in the end you're going to have good results so if we look back in time with your cheese making process can you maybe give me an example of an event that happened where maybe it was low quality feed so your milk wasn't up to par that you were working with or maybe it was a big weather storm that caused a lot of stress in the plant uh, can you share just maybe something that's happened in the past and how that impacted the cheese making process well, sure. Uh, a few years ago in April, we had a massive snowstorm. Must be about four or five years ago, and you know we couldn't get into the facilities. Our, our employees were getting stuck. But I, our milk truck drivers actually rode. Our milk truck driver rode a, drove a snowmobile in so he could get out to the the truck. And, and I know milk truck drivers on that day worked 20 hours so they could get out to the farms to get that milk picked up. And obviously, the weather in Wisconsin uh, changes by the minute sometimes. But it also you have to be on the ball. You have to, like I said, it's a lifestyle. So you have to be committed. You can't just call it in one day because your starter may be affected your milk may be affected things like that so when you commit to being a cheesemaker or working in a cheese factory or in the dairy industry alone um, it's that commitment that you're not going to let the elements outside slow you down or they might slow you down but they're not going to stop you you know by any means so right it's almost like you have that same optimism as a farmer that's out there what are some challenges that you see in the cheese making industry within this year or in the next, you know, the future years to come? Well, we just came off a very challenging course with the with the pandemic, um, with the fact that you know the restaurants weren't open, so you know there was milk being dumped and stuff. It was just awful. But uh, Belgium also did not dump any milk, and we worked seven days a week to try it, and we actually picked up some more milk, which was awesome. And our and our team came together, and we uh, used extra milk just to make cheese. In the new future, hopefully, we don't have a, <laughs> another pandemic or anything to that nature. But I think possibly the labor the labor pool, uh, although we have a excellent crew right now who knows as some of the older cheesemakers in the business themselves are getting to the point where they're retiring and stuff like that hopefully the younger generation myself included can fill their shoes you know their big shoes to fill but hopefully we can step in and have the same knowledge and experience that they had you know hopefully with the the weather conditions with the feed and that the farmers can continue to produce fresh quality milk you know that's the number one ingredient like i've said before and hopefully they can continue to do that with the conditions and feed prices and fertilizer 
their prices don't don't get too high and too out of whack where you know we cause these these farms to to have to sell because that would be awful it's the domino effect that right. impacts a lot of people if right. a farm's going out of business last question for you josh what trends from a cheesemaker perspective are you excited for for the future whether that's the packaging the customer aspect maybe it's trying a new cheese or trying a new product what makes you excited about the future of cheese making well i obviously i always like to play with new products you know i think over the last few years flavors have really came out maybe not the last few years but the last five or ten years a lot of the flavor cheeses have taken off so there's that end of it and then um you know better designs and packaging more vibrant designs and just continuing to work with um technology due to the fact with you know now the touch screens available and things like that it used to be um switches and toggle switches and stuff like now and now we have touch screens and stuff like that just continuing to use new technology but still make the same quality consistency and traditional product that we're accustomed to making over the last 40 years at belgioso so mending the two together is will be the biggest challenge and uh but also the newer technology allowing us to be more efficient count on less employees per se you know to take some robots and things like that that we can try to make the same cheese traditional quality cheese but at the same time maybe a little bit more efficient actually i just want to follow up you made the comment about robots would you think that the benefit of robots i mean one we have a very short labor your work supply force to pick from but you'd have probably better consistency less human error having a robot in some of the processes than having a human doing the job agreed to a point a lot of the things that we have do now that robots could be replaced you're going to miss that touch the, the eyes the sight of it you know right now our process is very hands-on so there's multiple people that have their eyes on that process throughout so if we see a defect we can catch it day one day five you know where if there's robots or or technology that won't allow for that would be a disadvantage of that but robots do break too when the power goes out person still better than when the power goes out so you know you're always going to have that so right yeah well josh i could obviously talk to you for hours so thank you so much for your time and sharing more about belgioso and uh, your role in the future of cheese making thank you very much so i appreciate it and that's your connection to a local cheese maker thanks for listening i'm joanna guza